0: Hello and welcome to this episode of the Star Wars Universe Podcast. Today we're doing feedback on episodes 4 and 5 of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Getting ready for the final episode with Riki and Sarah Hayashi. All that more after a commercial break we have no control over. Welcome back. I'm Matthew Fox. They, them pronouns. I'm Sarah Hayashi. She, her. And I am Riki. He, him. Riki and Sarah. Um, you know, it's funny. We spent such a long time getting ready for Kenobi. It feels to me like this has flown past. You know, in about little more than twenty four hours, the last episode of the show is going to air. How has the ride been for you all?
1: Yeah, I I totally agree. I I I can't I can't believe it's almost over feels like like graduation is coming and i'm still thinking about winter break
2: i now want probably like four to six different spin-offs <laughs> from the show of, of yeah. characters and stuff that's happened let, let me see more. if i can
0: guess let me see if i can guess some more of them uh we want princess leia doing princess leia things because just we'll take as much of her as we can get you're supposed to respond to my guesses.
1: Mm. I mean, I'd, I'd take that. I don't think it was on my list, but... <laughs>
2: I I've, i don't know. I think I've gotten enough of her. Like, I <laughs> okay. am hungry okay. for stuff like the Tala spinoff.
0: Yeah.
1: Because her
2: character take... and her droid, Ned.
0: Ned. I—I oh. yeah. I, I would love something just about the path. I think that that mm-hmm. would be... There's There's a lot about this period between you know, the the end of the prequels and then the Bad Batch pushes it a little further and this is pushing it a little further. But but this period of what happens, especially what happens to the Jedi and what and how does this sort of slow gathering of people who are opposed to the Empire happen, we see the beginnings of it in the Bad Batch. We see kind of the last stages of it in uh, Star Wars Rebels. And this, we're starting to get kind of the middle points. I agree. Yeah, I would love to see a lot more of that.
3: Yeah.
2: I need the I need the Fourth Sister spin-off now because she has been criminally <laughs> underused in uh-huh. this series.
1: Or at least yeah. Her, yeah, for her to show up and maybe she's going to be in Fallen Order part 2. Yeah. Who knows.
2: Fifth Brother got to do like some some mean mugging and like getting and in, getting into arguments with Riva and that was good. Fourth Sister a... had like three lines yeah. maybe
1: and Fifth Brother was also had like quite a significant role in Rebels as yeah. well. So we got, yeah. we got a lot of fifth brother, but yeah, I agree. I'd like to see Quinlan Voss. Like he's, he's been mentioned in name. Mm-hmm. I, I'm like, I'm down with seeing the him and, um, oh God, Varys. Is that who it is? Who's Ventress? Ventress. Jeez. Yeah. Sorry. It's been, it's been a long day for me. Um, but That's yes, the, him and Varys, Ver- uh, Ventress. Jeez. Um, arc and just yeah more about the path right like obviously Quinlan yeah. is a part of it in, in some shape or form
2: well Ventress is dead
1: okay at this point but and like well right it doesn't have to be like right now you do flashback right. or like set it in a different time period yeah and Quinlan
2: yeah. Quinlan Vos may also be dead there are people who have like enhanced the Jedi crypt mm-hmm. and they believe they have identified Quinlan Voss in, oh. in one of the, yeah. the Amber That's just prisons. what they want you to think. Maybe, and it certain- might not be him. Okay.
0: And certainly you could get more storytelling that either goes forward from this show or that is the, the time before the show. You mm-hmm. know, she could get Quinlan and and Ventress, who famously team up in the book Dark Disciple. Um, as a couple of people have now pointed out online, somewhere, maybe Quinlan, maybe someone else, but probably one of the people who went you know was helped by this group of the path uh was grogu mm, you know yeah, somehow hey, grogu yeah. gets rescued out of the jedi temple and um i kind of don't want him to be dro- i don't want the reference to him to be dropped into the last episode of this because it would feel like it'd be dropped in just yeah. to drop it in but yeah his story's got to be somewhere in there it, and this is actually let, let me kind of make a larger point i want to get your all thoughts on I think one of the reasons why I like a lot of those stories, and the thing I'm struggling with with the show, although I'm now liking it, I'm definitely enjoying it a lot more than most, it's not my favorite, is it's reminding me of all the reasons why I love Rogue One as a prequel, and that just in general, I am always here for a prequel that helps build the world, that helps explain the world, that helps tell me more about how things got to be where they are. But One of the things that makes a story really good is character development. And with prequels, at least I always feel like one of the real problems is you can't really develop characters very well because everyone already knows where they're supposed to get to. And it, it's possible, certainly. But to me, like something like Rogue One, uh, uh, to me, I think a lot of the problems that, that people are having with Kenobi, some of which are just idiotic, but some that are legit, <laughs> are because just the, the inherent problems of prequels that you're mm-hmm. always going to have. And something like Rogue One where... It's the prequel of a story, but ninety percent of those characters you'd never heard of and knew you were never gonna hear of. it just worked a lot better what What are you all thinking How, how is this show the five episodes had at least make you thought about like prequels and what works and what doesn't work?
1: yeah i I like what um Paul said in in your like immediate reaction um episode uh, about how he's thinking of it as a sequel of the prequels and not a prequel of the original trilogy. Um, as this way, like, it's sort of character development line. Um, but I mean, I, okay. I rewatched Rogue One. I don't like Rogue One and I know I'm a huge outlier for it, but I get what you're saying. And I think those are the reasons why I like Rebels so much is because it's these original characters who we have, like, maybe a few mentions of um, mm-hmm. or ha- like are are loosely tied to other characters, right? Like Ahsoka comes into Rebels. We get Obi-Wan in Rebels. Um, but it it's not about those main characters. They don't have these determined fates that we know about, right? And that's why I think it's super engaging. Um, I agree. I also, I know it's not your favorite, but I loved Solo. Um, and I think that's because, like, Han is removed, like, so far enough mm-hmm. that, like, just seeing backstory about Han, seeing young Lando, like, was, like, it was far enough away that it I liked it, right? It wasn't, like, Rogue One where... It had to like back up immediately against a movie, mm-hmm. or even Obi Wan, right? Where we have to like we have this set end point that's coming up right away, right? Um, and so much of the story is being told. So yeah, I I get what you're saying. Um, yeah, and I, that's I, fair. I yeah.
0: At some point, I want to rewatch Solo and and just erase any reference in my head to Star Wars mm-hmm. and just think mm-hmm. of it as like you know just a movie about swashbucklers in space. Because I think yeah. on that like. It, and I hear this is kind of getting to a larger topic. We don't have to go into it in today, but all this discussion has made me think a lot about how how we think about what is it, what is good and what isn't, you know? Mm-hmm. And like I've come to feel that for me, for Star Wars stuff at least, I have two different ways I I rank things. One is, is it a good piece of media? Is it a good movie? Is it a good TV show, etc.? And the other is, how well do I feel like it fits and enhances the Star Wars story? Mm. And, and, like, to me, the prequels are all, with the possible exception of the third one, pretty bad as movies in terms of just dialogue, writing, directing, but do a great job of filling in the story. I think Rise of Skywalker is the exact opposite. I think it's a perfectly well-made, and I would say maybe even solo, from my perspective at least. So, mm. yeah, I, th- I think it's a really good way of looking at it. And I think I know... Paul has said similar stuff about like that he he's able to enjoy Kenobi a lot more if he thinks of it as how do you describe it a sequel to the prequels yes. but not a prequel to the original trilogy yes. you know it's just kind <laughs> of like it's like the Kelvin universe in Star Trek you know it's just its own thing I'm like, yeah. okay that that could work you know mm-hmm. whatever works for you yeah
2: I I think I fundamentally disagree like I love Kenobi. I think this is so far my favorite Star Wars TV show of the live action okay. ones. And oh, okay. I, I know it started off slow. Like the first two episodes were not even for me great, mm-hmm. but the escalation of three, four and five has been absolutely amazing and is everything I ever could have asked for out of this show. So That's you know, awesome. as, as I said in our previous feedback episode, like when we, talked after episode two, it's like, you gotta be patient with these things because it's an entire journey. These aren't TV shows like back in the old days where yep. it's 26 episodes and each one is like an individual story. The entire six-show arc is a story and we have to see it through before we really start to evaluate the the entire experience. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't think it's necessarily... Like it's it's right. It's a mini series, right? It's not like episodic TV. I agree with you there. But like, I wasn't on board with Kenobi until episode five, and now I'm like all in, uh, like yeah. strapped in, ready to go. But it. I mean, it took me until episode five before I actually got excited about it again. I guess. Mm-hmm. And maybe yeah. that's why I feel like it's ending so soon too, because like I was so hyped for Obi Wan, and then like a month went by before I actually got like really excited about it again
0: right that totally makes sense and i think i'm kind of in the middle of you two i think i think i've been enjoying it this whole time i've had some quibbles um i think episode five felt like the payoff to reva we should definitely talk about her specifically Mm -hmm. you know i don't think i was ever on the board with like oh she's i I always thought she was an interesting character and i was interested to see where they went with her and i feel like what they have done with her is incredibly satisfying um you know and i think people are just gonna have different opinions on it i think that's okay um because I do think I I definitely do agree with you ricky that um the folks who were saying like oh I hate the show because her character doesn't make sense or I I hate the show because they killed the grand inquisitor like yeah give it time folks like yeah. um it, it's funny um I'm I'm currently in the process of rewatching Star Trek Discovery with one of my partners which have you two seen that show Nope nope Okay are you planning to watch it at some point
1: is it like a CBS All Access situation? Yeah. Probably not then. I have so we have so many streaming things. Like okay. maybe eventually, but go ahead and spoil things.
0: You're both okay if I spoil something? Okay, because there there are I'll I'll be broad about it, but I'll say that there are two characters from underrepresented groups, both of whom die off fairly early in the show. Mm. And I think for legitimate reasons, it generated a lot of anger from fans who were very excited to see these. Both of them wound up coming back in an incredibly satisfying way that really worked for the story. And that's to me been a like I think that's a somewhat different example because I think that the, the there's a difference between I don't like this character, so I don't want to wait a couple episodes versus my representation's been killed off. Mm-hmm. But I think even there it was kind of a nice reminder to me of like, yeah, sometimes, like let see where the story is going before you leap to the before you leap to the conclusion.
1: So with Discovery, do you think it was like the writers responding to fan feedback or like this was always the plan and it just had they you had to wait to play it? Oh, out? no. In,
0: in both cases, it happened within like five episodes. Oh, okay. so I think it, it was definitely always the plan. And it it, it it like it was done in ways that really worked. OK. Um, yeah. Cool.
2: I also think that we have been maybe ruined in some way by the short season arc type tv with wandavision like Mm -hmm. wandavision Mm -hmm. one through what like four maybe even five was some of the most compelling tv i've watched in recent memory and it was you know was mystery box tv so you were just like waiting for next week like we have to know what's going on like what is going on and it built up and then for for us for sarah and myself it let us down like big time at the end But I still think like that buildup is what people are expecting from these short run shows. So when the first two don't immediately grab you, it seems disappointing. And for me, like I was like, I'm I'm still waiting. And then when (laughs) Vader showed up in three, I was like, now it's grabbed me. Now I'm on for the ride. Let's go.
0: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Now, it's funny because at first, Ricky, you said that you think this is your favorite Star Wars television show, and my eyebrows shot up pretty high. <laughs> and then you corrected favorite live action. Um, where does this compare to you to, to Rebels or Clone Wars? It's hard to
2: say. I think yeah. Rebels is a phenomenal show. It's it's very hard to compare, especially when you only have one season of something. And we may mm-hmm. only ever have one season of Kenobi, right? Like, yeah. the television is just evolving in such a way that it's getting very difficult to compare shows to each other in terms of, like, what yeah. they deliver. And I have the mm-hmm. same issue even comparing, like, Rebels to Star Trek The Next Generation, which was one of those old 26-episode mm-hmm. shows, right? Yeah. I think um, it's very fair. and it And it's just... I don't know. I just enjoy. I I just enjoy both, and mm. I'm really looking forward to six, the last yeah. episode.
0: I think I, I think that's fair. It's funny too, because one one thing I've sort of felt with this is that you're right. It does feel very much like all one story, and I know this is where I differ from a lot of people. I kind of wish stories like I think for mystery box things like what you're talking about, it is really fun to wait each week and discuss and get into it, even if some people get a little too into the Mephisto of it all, as <laughs> happened in some fan circles with uh, the MC with WandaVision. I think a story like this, like, to me, talking about, you know, in WandaVision, every episode was a lot more self-contained. Mm-hmm. Whereas this, it feels like telling me, like, do I like episode four, episode three? It's kind of like, do I enjoy different chapters of one of my favorite books? You know, yes. it's just, it's all just the book. And... I do think at least I would be enjoying Kenobi a lot more if it was just – if I could just binge it in an afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm probably going to do that with Mary and see how that changes it for me. Um, but overall, I think I, – I'm definitely enjoying it a lot. For me, it's not Mandalorian – se- Mandalorian Season 1 is still kind of the gold standard, I think, of Star Wars. But is that because I think it's better made or is it just because it is characters who I don't know and so it appeals more to me? I don't know. And I I think it's one of the best parts of this whole conversation is that, just, you know, part of why I think it's important to get away from, like, what is the best Star Wars is we all want something different from Star Wars. And so it's okay that it's going to be different for each of us, you know?
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah, I I mean, I I think I completely agree with your, if I could sit, it, sit and watch it in one go, I think I'd like it a lot more than, like, mm-hmm. the waiting because it feels like there's not... Like as Riki pointed out, there's not something to be waiting for, right? You're just right. like wanting to continue the story, and I think like the way that they even title, I don't, I don't, I totally forget if this is how they did it in Mandalorian, but each episode is called part, right? Like part one, part two, so we're waiting for part six to come out, which I think does maybe it's trying to lend more to that idea of like these are all just parts of the same story like it's one big novel it's what we should have done with Eternals what um and like broken it up over six hours six plus hours ish right like wasn't the first one a bit longer anyway yeah it's like a six hour movie but obviously we're not going to expect you to sit there for six hours so Mm -hmm. we've sliced it up for you enjoy
0: yeah and uh, I know a lot of folks myself included have said like Oh well, we're only getting one more episode. This next episode is ninety five minutes long. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so we're basically getting a movie. A movie, you yeah. know, <laughs> like and oh, or two okay. two episodes of this length. So,
3: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. So let's talk about some of the biggest things that happened in, in this in these two episodes uh, since I last had Jan. I think the biggest is the reveal about Riva. What do mm-hmm. you all think of like where they went with her character?
2: Fantastic. I my biggest worry with Riva was that her. Backstory would be too similar to the Second Sister's backstory in the video mm-hmm. game Fallen Order, because they, are you know, they're female Inquisitors that seem to be, seem to have been uh, Padawans and or Younglings during the Jedi Council days. So I did not want it to be too close. It wasn't. It's very different. I'm not going to spoil what the Second Sister's story exactly is, but it is different enough that I'm very satisfied, and I love that she has reached this point with the force and the dark side that she is hunting vader but she's doing it for very evil reasons for dark side reasons yeah
1: Yeah, and and i like that she didn't um i mean i guess she kind of she went along ish with obi-wan's plan in the end to like get vader but i like that it wasn't like the enemy of my enemy is my friend. It was like the enemy of my enemy is still my enemy. Right. Um, we just like had this useful aligned tool. goal. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, like it's very clear that Reva is still not Obi-Wan's number one fan by any stretch of the imagination, but her desire to get Vader overwhelmed her desire to get Obi-Wan. So she she chose that battle. Um, mm. And yeah, I, I, I like it a lot. At first, I too was like, double tap you guys like grand inquisitor darth like darth vader why aren't you (laughs) killing reva um but the more like the more i think about it the more it makes sense that they've left her alive like especially because basically anakin's left her alive since she was a youngling right if we're like following this arc if he knew the whole time um so the idea that he would like keep her alive now it kind of seems like the ultimate nagging, right? They're like, oh, your rage, it was useful. It's not useful anymore, babe. Like, see you later. And then they're, like, leaving her this opportunity to, like, oh, but prove yourself. Prove yourself to the dark side.
2: Yeah. It's clearly a lie when he says you are of no more use. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, he would have just, like, sliced her up completely or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So they, they're they using her. They're still using her.
0: Right. Well, I think it could be either one, because it's funny, actually, I, I think that's a good interpretation, but also, Sarah, as you were saying it, especially the nagging part, part of what I was hearing is, like, if the idea is, never leave an enemy alive if they could be a threat to you, you know, you say that to someone, and they're like, but I'm going to leave you alive. It's the ultimate, like, utter, I am so unafraid of you that mm-hmm. I'm just not even going to bother, you're not even worth me killing you. Yeah. She's um, not a threat.
1: Uh, yeah, and that's the thing, like, I don't think... I, I, I agree. Like, I think Grand Inquisitor and Vader have this, like, on lock. They mm-hmm. don't find her threatening, which is partly why they're not killing her. But also, like, I think they still think that she can be useful, right? Like, she hates Obi-Wan a lot. Um, mm-hmm. She has this need to prove herself. Um, and, like, hates Vader. But, like, this in this rage that is obviously fueling her dark side powers. And, like, I think um, y'all pointed out in uh, your immediate take of episode 5 that like Reva hasn't seemed super duper strong with the force and like yeah we've only seen her like chucking bombs like she she threw the bomb to like blow up Wade and she'd use like some Wade. mind powers Wade! Mm-hmm. Um, she's like used her mind powers a little bit but yeah for the most part like she's nowhere near as strong as Anakin obviously yeah. as like he's so deftly pointed out by just like shimmying away from her so good um but like giving her more rage out like fueling her with rage and like maybe she'll yeah. come back even stronger and be a good inquisitor again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's also, I think Vader is, he's happy to have all these different pieces on the chessboard, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, well, just if you're utterly not a threat to me and, but maybe in some world you do get strong enough to kill the grand inquisitor and take over. Sure. You know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think like, like Vader learned from Palpatine how to play the long con, right? Like, He's He's got machinations, and he's willing to sit and mm-hmm. stew on them. Yeah. yeah.
2: The fact that he stabbed her in the same way as when she was a youngling in the temple
1: so good.
0: Was,
2: was very much mirroring, like, I'm going to do the same thing, leave you alive, check back with me in another 10 years, and we'll see how you've right.
0: progressed. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it was so good. And I just – I talked more about this on the other episodes. So I don't want to go into it too much, but i curious to hear your thoughts, but just for my own thing. I just love that she stayed dark side. You know, mm-hmm, to me, mm-hmm. I think – I was happy to have her take a turn like this. I didn't want her to be still a Jedi. I didn't want her to be, oh, no. I, would, I was like, no. I, I like that her goals overlapped with our heroes, mm-hmm. and so she was willing to help in that moment. As Paul described her as an anti-villain, you know, as yes, opposed to yes. an anti-hero. And I love that, but I – she still has no problem with collateral damage. She yeah. still has no pro you know, she would have happily tortured, like, no Jedi is going to torture a 10-year-old to get what they need. Mm-hmm. And she happily would have. And- yeah.
1: And, like, she also, like, she was only a youngling when Order 66 happened. So she wasn't even, like, deeply entrenched in Jedi ways yet. Mm-hmm. So it's not like even, like, she would be going back to being a Jedi, really, right? It would be this, like, weird... Like, born-again Jedi situation, which is just, yeah, that would have been really unsatisfying. I totally agree.
0: hmm Yeah. Oh, you just saying that, though, now makes me want to, makes me wish that the order in which these stories were told had been reversed. Because <laughs> imagine if we didn't have uh, Rebels yet. Okay. Because <laughs> she's probably about the same age as Kanan. Yeah. She's, so like a little the- younger,
1: but yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, but the two of them, like, meeting up and being like, you know, we both came from this experience, and look how different we went. Like, oh
1: Yeah. I mean, like, okay, to be fair, she had to, like, hide amongst the corpses of her, like, family, whereas Kanan yeah. just ran away. Like, there's a little bit of, like, trauma difference there. But, but yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And, like, there's on it, like, there's probably loads of Jedi who have that exact same story as Riva, oh, yeah. right? Because, like, how did they She all, could be the main yeah.
0: antagonist in the next Fallen Order game. And yeah. you still have that moment of like, you know, look how different we turned out. And it being in part because she had such a more traumatic experience.
1: Oh, I mean, but I mean, like, there's also probably Jedi who, are, like, followed the path who had that similar traumatic experience and didn't turn to the dark side. And like, maybe mm-hmm. let's explore why, right? Yeah.
0: Good stories. For sure. Anything else? We, we did get a good number of, of feedback. I think it's going to lead us into some great conversations. But any other comments you two had before we jump into those?
2: I guess I would just like to talk about um you all discussed the content warning at the beginning of the episode mm, and yeah. I for me personally found it very appropriate
3: mm-hmm. and
2: when I saw it I knew I knew what was going to happen or what we some of what we were going to see or discuss in the episode but given the recent events that we have gone through in the United States um with school shootings and and children, especially like Riva's, some of Riva's lines almost perfectly mirrored what one of the survivors, um, the children in Uvalde said that they had to do in order to survive that shooting. So it, it's obviously immensely tragic and I thought it was appropriate, but I would have liked to have seen the warning be a little more specific because it just says like general yeah Um, general violence like or or something so i especially when it's something so recent i I think it's it's very important i think stranger things had a similar warning at the beginning of the Mm -hmm. season four and it's unfortunate that we have to live in these times where fiction like that can remind us of actual real world tragedy around us you know it's it's supposed to be an escape and if people can't escape, then, yeah, these content warnings are, are very appropriate
3: for and that.
1: I And I think the content warnings are on all the episodes now. Like, I don't okay. think they used to be. I think they just recently put them on all the episodes, so we didn't mm-hmm. notice until this one. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, like, we talked about kind of this rehashing of Order 66 and how we're seeing it over and over and over again. And, like, I do think it makes sense to the story. I don't mind that we're seeing it again, but I, I agree that, like, having that like trigger warning basically there is is mm-hmm. important
2: There, there's of. a big difference in like an order 66 depiction of clones shooting uh, an adult jedi or even just like
1: randomly into a crowd yeah yeah
2: like the wide shot of the the temple carnage versus like riva's telling her specific survivor story i think is is very difficult mm-hmm. for some people to listen to
0: I I think that's very fair, and I think um, it's a topic that we talked about a little bit on the last Star Wars episode, and then myself, Paul, and Ashley got into a lot more – I'm sorry, no, me and Paul got into a lot more in an episode we had about, um, uh, you know, the way that uh, uh, kids and and the death of kids as opposed Mm -hmm. to the death of adults is treated on the superhero ethics. And I think I'm – I think I'm at a place more of where I – I I I think there's a better way to do content warnings in general – of making it more about proactively seeking it out. But I definitely do agree that, like, in the current system, we have content warnings. If anything's getting a content warning, yeah, absolutely, this should. You know, I think that's yeah. that's that's very fair. And, and like, I think... We,
1: we already have content warnings for so many things, and they're just, like, normal now, right? Like, in the top corner yeah. of every episode, it's like, oh, drug use is depicted. And that's, like, a nothing thing. And, like, I don't know. I feel like mm-hmm. it's it's totally normalized. I don't... I'm just... I don't know. I'm all for normalizing content warnings. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know.
2: And you nev- you never know... Like, I, yeah. I watched a movie with someone who found the depiction of drug use very disturbing. And they they mm-hmm. had to, like, stop watching that movie. Um, so I think, yeah, like, having some kind of key phrase or something like that to
3: help you. Yeah, people.
1: and, like, Matthew, I know you guys talked about there's a website that Paul brought up that has, mm-hmm. like, a bunch of different ones. And, like, Does the that dog totally make sense. Yeah. yeah, if you have, like, a more specific thing that like for some reason bothers you but maybe wouldn't be covered by this generalized content warning Yeah. and what i would love to see this is like me far out but like st- all these streaming services like why can't i program in the things that i would like you to like splash a warning up for me before i select a show yeah, like that would be great, be great right okay
0: anyway <laughs> yeah we have, we have the te- yeah because like <clears throat> i think i said on the other episode you know i I don't think, you know, a show where a mother dies is necessarily going to be a content warning for most people. Most of the time, it wouldn't be for me. For about six months after my mother died, if I saw something with like that, I was devastated. And I would have loved to be able to, like, have that website go in and say, you know, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. And, like, just, like, um, warn
1: you, like, hey, Mama Mia has this. FYI, maybe you, didn't, you wouldn't know about it. Maybe we shouldn't, like, need to tell this to absolutely everybody. Exactly. But, yeah, completely agree. And, like, you can, like, so many... Pl- um mailing list now will let you opt out of like mother's day or father's day emails yeah. i know facebook you can tell them like don't show me ads for like pregnancy anymore like I... it, the 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 technology's there it just needs to like why, why I mean, can't this, we bring it to streaming services? Yeah. The
0: sad thing is, the people who have figured this technology out are like the super conservatives. Like, there are things you can have like that that'll be like, don't show me anything where, you know, two men kiss or, you know, Ugh. where women wear pants or, you know, whatever kind of ridiculous <laughs> thing they're upset about. Sure. But, so, yeah, yeah, the tech's out there. We can figure it out. Yeah. All right, let's dive into some of the feedback we got because we've got some great questions here, uh, including one actually that really made me think about the where we're doing all these podcasts that I'll talk about. But let's start with, first of all, Mr. Joe Wilson. Uh, Joe Wilson writes, Has Obi-Wan ever called himself Obi-Wan in front of her? I think he's meaning Leia. Mm -hmm. She seems to be calling him exclusively Ben. She might not even realize that they are even the same person. So I think this is speaking to that question of, you know, that that some of us were asking, including myself, of like, how does her having all these experiences with him connect with her acting like she kind of has not really, you know, you fought with my father during the Clone Wars instead of you saved me from numerous Being kidnapped when I kept running off.
1: Yeah, remember that time on Dayu. Yeah. Um, So I don't think he's ever called himself Obi-Wan in front of her, but plenty of people have called him Obi-Wan in front of her. Mm -hmm. And like maybe she just didn't clock it. um, And maybe she just doesn't like remember. She thinks of him as Ben and like never really tied the two names together. Um, But... Yeah, like I I could see that being the reasoning given. I could I would also be satisfied with like this is a code we're going to use if you ever mm-hmm. really need help. Um Yeah, and like she doesn't spend a whole bunch of time with Obi-Wan in the Death Star, right? Mhm. So like Yeah, I think it's totally possible and like people look different, right? When I like, even if If he would have said like P.S. I'm that dude. I'm Ben. I think she might have been like, "Oh yeah, Ben. Hey, what's up?" But just like Obi Wan, he's very he looks significantly different now. Right. Yeah.
2: Well, they spend no time together on the Death Star. Star, Yeah. She like
1: sees him from afar. Obi
2: Wan is fighting Vader, and Mm -hmm. they see him from the hangar. Yeah. Right. And Luke is the one who's like, "No."
1: Sure, but But, I mean, when she's like, "Obi Wan, help me!" Yeah. Like. Uh, yeah, maybe um, Bale is not like, that guy who saved you just now is Obi-Wan, and you should call him. If-. Like, it, this probably came up later as like, if you, hey, P.S., Obi-Wan is a guy we can trust. And maybe Bale doesn't even realize that she doesn't connect that these two are the same people.
0: Yeah, and Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan same never person. even says to Han and Luke, go rescue her. He says, mm-hmm. just wait. And then while they're waiting, they find out she's still there. And yeah. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, Leia. So we
2: good. Go Leia is a smart girl in this show and she will be a smart woman in a new hope so i i think that she knows she has to know yeah Yeah. put it all all the pieces together what i am hoping we do not get in part six is a some kind of jedi mind wipe of like wiping her memories of this traumatic experience and forget who obi-wan is i do not want that don't do not do do not (laughs) superman to this that's yeah, a very I, I, old I think reference.
0: I agree with that. I think does does her having this relationship with him quite fit canon? Nah, it, did did it bother me for half an episode, and then I got over it and ranted about it here for a little while, and then got over it. Yeah, <laughs> like I I think we can play. I, I think there's a bunch of different ways to head canon it. It could be Obi Wan Ben. It could be that she is speaking in code because she wants to kind of have some plausible deniability. Mm-hmm. Who knows? I'm it. It's one of those things where I'm like, you know what ever since the prequels said that the Clone Wars was 20 years ago, there's been problems with canon. So yeah. I'm happy just kind of moving on at this point.
3: Yeah.
1: yeah. And
2: I I would rather have those small inconsistencies than a full mind wipe and none of this happened from her perspective.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I got really concerned when Obi-Wan handed his, like, lightsaber and communicator to Haja. <laughs> oh, yeah. She had... I was like, <laughs> I paused the show and I was just like, holy heck, is Haja gonna, like, so like take over Obi-Wan's identity and like that's why there's this difference and like that's why they have to use this code now and like Ridge Trid Obi-Wan is mm-hmm. actually Haja. And then like I thought about it for three more seconds and I was like, that makes absolutely no sense. Let's continue <laughs> watching this TV. So Yeah, I
3: appreciate it. I appreciate it. He, that he also not does
2: not look like Alec Guinness.
0: <laughs> That that had not occurred to me, and I'm pretty glad. So I'm happy yeah. to move on with our lives. I would
1: have been very upset if that turned out to be true. Good thing it was just something I thought of randomly.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Caleb Newman wrote in next, and and and, and really interesting points that I want to chat about. Hear your thoughts as well. But also, I have some responses to first. Caleb writes, "I'd like to start out by saying that your Star Wars coverage is by far and away the best that I've come across. I've listened to all of your back catalog, and you and your guest coverage has been exactly what I've been craving. You clearly know and love the material, and that leads you to demand things from it. You want quality and thoughtfulness, and you're willing to call it out when it's not there. I can't say enough about how much I've valued what you beat what you bring to the star wars universe well thank you very much i really appreciate that i've noticed that you've brought up criticisms of your podcast recently in regards to social justice issues i fully support you being a social justice bard but i feel some of your defense of your positions might be slightly missing the mark at least missing the mark for people who are generally fans of your show and your perspective i like and generally agree with your points of view of the out-of-universe issues that are plaguing star wars it's a well-known issue that star wars fans have a toxicity problem You may well have new listeners that are put off by your takes. I don't have experience to inform my view, but I have a suspicion that some of the pushback to your woke takes – I appreciate that he puts woke in quotes because it's kind of a nonsense word at this point. But I understand where he's coming from. Aren't as much a disagreement with your takes, but more an issue with the time you're devoting to to out-of-universe issues, I think is what he means. You say yourself that so many people want to talk about the new show, that you're having to do multiple podcasts on the same episodes. It's a testament to your show, but if you're rehashing the same valid social justice issues, it can get a bit tiresome for your listenership. I'm not threatening to stop listening. I didn't think you were, but I appreciate the context. I agree with your takes, but i love more time spent on the content and a little less time spent on the context. I hope I'm not alone here. I'm just trying to explain more subtly some of the messages you've been receiving. I love your show. Keep it up. Um, Caleb, I think is a really good point. I think you bring up something that, you know, I'll say to you two. I think... um this is the first time where we've tried doing two two different episodes with different guests on the same show. And I think part of this, Caleb, you're talking about that, like, I am gonna talk about the social justice stuff a lot, and and frankly, I, I really appreciate your perspective. We did get some 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 responses that were a lot more hateful and were pretty clear about not liking it, including some attacks on my own gender and stuff like that, and other things like that. But I think I think you're probably making a valid point that some others might be feeling. My sense of it was I wanted to have you guys' takes, I wanted to have Paul and Ashley's takes, and I think what this is our first time trying it, we're figuring it all out, and then we had these major social justice things happen outside of the show that the context is he's talking about, or they're talking about, I shouldn't uh, gender Caleb, um, in terms of the attacks on Moses Ingram and stuff that we all wanted to talk about, and I probably wanted to talk about a lot with all of you. And it probably meant that I was at least one or two episodes. I probably repeated myself a lot on that, and I think that's, I think that's on me. And I think that's one that the out of context issues are. I think important for us to talk about as fans, especially because our voice in fandom is an important kind of counterpoint to some of the more toxic voices that are out there. But I think it's a very good critique that if 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 it's becoming a bit tiresome, especially because of it feels repetitive, which I think it probably does, because I've now probably done. I think I actually did episodes with you all with Matt and with a uh, uh Paul and Ashley and with Matt Carroll, and in all three of those, this issue came up. yeah, I can see how it would get kind of repetitive and tiresome and on the one hand, I feel like it's such an important issue that I wanted all of you to have a have your say um but I think it's a good thing to think about, especially as we go into more shows, is how can we make sure that if we have different voices? we're kind of keeping these takes a little bit different and maybe different focuses and stuff like that. So I think that's my first thought. And so I, I, I'm not going to say that I'm going to stop talking about these things because I think they're super important for us to talk about. I think, uh, you know, it might be that we, we separate it out a little bit more in terms of when we talk about it or not, or just keep thinking about it. But what I get from this email is that at least as I see it, we're experimenting, we're trying new things. And Caleb is writing in to say, Hey, I love that you're experimenting, I think this experiment isn't working in the best way for these reasons, and here's some helpful feedback. So I really appreciate that, Caleb. I think this is one of the best pieces of uh, constructive, critical feedback that we could have gotten, and so I'm really happy about it. It's going to give me a lot to think about because I imagine for Ahsoka, we're going to have a lot of people want to talk about it too. So <laughs> um, that's kind of my take, but I'm curious to you all what you think.
1: Yeah, I I agree with what you're saying, Matthew. I, I, it's, a, it's a tough road to hoe because like, I don't think having – six guests on is a great format either um because then we're all just kind of talking over each other but i mean i do <laughs> like when i listen to you and paul and ashley i talk back to you in my car and it doesn't really do a lot because like, nobody can hear me um <laughs> and so like i have things that i want to say and i think about like this content um warning thing right i'm like okay but here's how i respond to that mm-hmm. um and maybe I just need to like rein it in, and not everybody needs to hear my opinion on everything. Tragically, as much as I as much as I think they all want it, I know
0: that's no, I, not true. <laughs> I think I just need to shut up and trust that you've heard me already, and let you two talk.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, like, I don't know. I try and do my homework sometimes. Uh, sometimes I don't, but or like, yeah, I. But I don't know. I do. I do feel like I. I want to respond to things that you guys are also talking about, but not while all of us are in the same podcast. Yeah, I I, I think it's just like a tricky thing that we're trying to work out and hmm. maybe we need to do a little more behind the scenes talking to like hash it out so we're not, our, our listeners aren't hearing the same thing over and over and over again. I get that.
2: Well, um, first off, yes, Caleb, that was uh, amazingly written feedback and I appreciate that you wrote in And I appreciate your point of view on all those things. And for me personally, you know, I, as a Japanese man living in the United States, have a a perspective on race and racism. And I always want to center some of my discussion on that because it's important to me personally. And it's important for me to see certain things out of the media I consume. Like I... I love Star Wars. I've always loved it. But we talked previously about how the original trilogy was very white and there was not any Asian representation, I believe. Maybe uh, uh, I think one of one of the A-wing pilots in the Battle of Endor was Asian and and that's about it. So getting to see more of that and in this show, I love that this show is centered on a main character who was white, right? Ewan McGregor. And I guess we can say Hayden Christensen is white, even though we don't see him as much his actual face. Yeah, we, we got, got to see it is. in this yeah, episode, yeah, yeah. which was great. Mm-hmm. But the background or the, the secondary characters in this show, you know, Moses Ingram playing Reva. We talked about Tala. Uh, Indira Varma is a British actress of, I believe, um, South Asian descent. You know, we saw Roken, who I looked up and is actually Ice Cube's son, played by Ice Cube's son. Um, And then the pilot, Sully, who is Wade's co-pilot and shouts Wade when he gets shot down. Uh, Maya Erskine uh, is Asian actress. So I love that all of these people exist here. And that is ultimately like, that's what I want to see. Out of Star Wars, and it's very satisfying to have that all coming together. And I would love for the, like I said, to be spin-offs with some of these characters. I found, I found them fascinating. I want to know more about them and see more of them.
1: And you're going to talk about them as kind of a, like, yeah, that makes yeah. Sense. yeah, yeah,
0: exactly, yeah. I, I, th- I think it's a really well, good way of putting it. And I, I do treasure both your perspectives because they're, they're not the same as mine. I think you know, I try to get a bunch of different people on here. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the funny things is that when I got this podcast started. I was kind of having to twist people's arms and get different people on. And, like, it was always a little bit – part of why we have so many great potential guests right now is because there were always people who were like, oh, I could maybe do this show but not this one. And then now Star Wars is really taking off and everyone wants to be involved <laughs> at the same time. And I'm like, yeah. can one of you please have a schedule conflict so like, it's not as hard. <laughs> I, I, think, I think one of the things that I also think about – because I'm thinking a lot about Caleb's content comment. And I think there are times when the context and the content can be separated. not entirely, I don't think they can ever be entirely separated, but here's here's a better way to put it. I think in the case of Star Wars, it is harder than normal to separate the two. A, because of the attacks that have so clear, like, the people who are attacking the content, saying Reva's a bad character, and are not, it is possible to be, not love the character Reva and not come from racist reasons, I absolutely agree with that, but certainly, an awful lot of the attacks on her, on the content of the show, have been because of those context issues around the race of the actress and the character. But for me, it's especially true because, in the past, Star Wars has done such a bad job of responding when there were racist attacks or sexist attacks on the content. You know, and I think we've talked before about how, in the case of uh, Rise of Skywalker, especially, but even even Last Jedi, which I love. You know the the racist attacks on on the character of Finn and then of Rose um you know there there were some changes that were made that were so and and so having Disney and Star Wars defend Moses so clearly and have her be this character I guess it, it's it, it, it's not an excuse, I don't think, but I think it's a response that it's why for me it is important to talk about the context as part of the content discussion without separating the two. Mm-hmm. I think maybe we could have found a better way to kind of have that maybe it's just one big discussion with all of us and, and but I don't know. But it's 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 a good thing to think about and something I think as we get around to Ahsoka we'll we'll keep talking about.
1: Yeah, and especially with like tough context or I, I kinda I, I understand like not wanting to maybe hear it all the time like i get the news news fatigue too right and there's like a lot of terrible things happening and i don't necessarily always want to be hearing about the terrible things that are happening because i know about the terrible things that are happening so like I, I i get that like having it come up every time is yeah and i i get where caleb's coming from here right yeah
2: definitely yeah and like when we're talking about moses and saying you you can criticize her performance without it being racist mm-hmm. I do think now that we have we are five parts into this show and the fact that, you know, I said earlier I didn't enjoy the first two episodes as much, I look back and I think her her performance in those first two episodes was more restrained. Whether that's by choice or comfort level with, you know, the character or whatnot, but she let go in this part, part five, And it was delightful. Her (laughs) like yelling to the stormtroopers to light him up and then yelling at Vader and just like slashing at him. It was phenomenal. And I loved seeing that.
0: Oh, and I I, I think that's true. And I think even in in episode four, like, I think it's a lot of fun to play a villain. I I haven't Mm -hmm. acted since since college, but I used to do a lot of like high school and college theater and a lot of fun with it. And playing villains is fun. I don't know if I could possibly look at someone as adorable as the actress playing a 10 year old, Leia, <laughs> and, yeah. and act menacing and evil. I couldn't keep a straight face. I would just want to so hug her means, and be like, oh, I'm so yeah. sorry. I don't mean to make you feel bad. You so know, she
1: she's like sassing you back. It's just like, yeah. It's like, so yeah.
0: <laughs> That's great acting, too. So, yeah, no, I, I, I'm i with you there. I think it's just important and, to get into all this. So, and I, and I want to
2: contextualize like the fact that her performance was more restrained could also be like part of reva's character because Mm -hmm. at that point she is trying to get closer to anakin to darth vader so she is she can't show her hand yet Mm -hmm. and in this in part five she showed her hand and boy was she angry oh
0: yeah well especially because and granted i get a lot of this from the novels that i've read both legends and canon but one of the things i think is so fascinating about the dark side is that it's this this uh, almost uh, a contradiction in that you're, A, supposed to be feeling your emotions and not letting anything else hold back your emotions. You know, your emotions, your passions give you strength. Your strength breaks your chains. I'm misquoting and all that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, also, you're supposed to always be playing the long game. You're supposed to mm-hmm. not letting people see your emotions. You're supposed mm-hmm. to, you know... And so it's this, it's this duality of, like... Feel the anger, feel the hate, and then bury it down deep enough that you could plot till you're ready. So so yeah, that restraint makes a lot of sense if you think about it from that perspective.
1: Gosh, it's so wild. It it's like the the like Sith and Jedi ethos are kind of like these mirror images, right? Where like Jedi are like you're supposed to care about people and care about life and defend people, but you can't feel anything for them ever. Yeah. And like they're at Sith is the exact opposite, right? You're supposed to feel all the things but hold back because the long game. Yeah, it's just, oh man, Star yeah. Wars is so good. Anyway.
0: <laughs> and I, I will say, um, for anyone who wants to explore this more, read Dark Disciple by Claudia Gray. She's a great author in general, but that book especially, because she talks about how two characters, one from a Sith background, one from a Jedi background, start to really feel their emotions, including their emotions towards each other. And it's just, it's a great exploration of all these questions.
1: Yeah, that, that was the book we were talking about earlier with Crimson yep. Adventures, right? Yeah.
0: All right, uh, two other good emails we got. One is from Stephen Brow. Now, Stephen, I want to – well, let me just read the email and then I'll get to it. So one is from Stephen Brow. Stephen writes, I see a lot of comparisons to Shakespeare's Macbeth and Darth Vader. Uh, First of all, I'm not in a theater, but still I will – I'm not going to refer to it as a (laughs) Scottish play. If you all feel a need to, please go ahead. Both deal with the fall of a hero. Both Macbeth and Anakin won a battle, Norway and Dooku. Both were passed over for promotion prince and jedi council thinking it's jedi, the, the the Jedi the jedi master both were seduced to evil lady macbeth and palpatine disagree on that interpretation a little bit with lady macbeth but we'll keep going both kill children and attack their friend banquo and obi-wan both are evil incarnate okay okay, interesting point uh beware something wicked this way comes may the force be with you Stephen. um uh, this is one of the best emails we've ever gotten i love this <laughs> um We had Austin Tichner, who is the head of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. He's an incredible Shakespeare uh, knowledge. He and I have talked a lot about Shakespeare and the MCU on the Superhero Ethics podcast. I'll be forwarding him this question. Hopefully, I'll have an answer from him for next episode. Uh, But what do you all think? I don't know how well you know the Bard, uh, particularly Macbeth.
1: Um, I played Banquo in my high school production of Macbeth. Um, Nice. Yeah, it was like a weird... (laughs) It was, like, said in Nazi Germany. My drama teacher was not, in hindsight, the best dude. Um, but anyway, yeah, I but I, I don't... I don't remember a ton. I do know we watched the, like, Playboy-produced movie, also in high school. Um, and, yeah, the... I also was kind of, like, seduced... Seduced to evil Lady Macbeth Palpatine. Um, hmm. Like, doesn't Lady Macbeth just kind of go a little... Like she starts having visions, right? And like is trying to inspire her husband to greatness. Yeah, I guess. She, okay. Yeah. I, I
0: anyway. Think, I, I, I'm not a Shakespeare scholar. I I I built the sets for production of it in high school and I, I nice. studied it quite a lot at that time. I, I think there's a lot of truth here. The the Seduced to Evil by Lady Macbeth I think is not quite accurate. I feel like they kind of like feed into each other. And you're right, she does start having, like, they're the out, out, damn spot. She later starts to have the, like, she starts to be haunted by guilt and kind of driven to madness to some extent. Um, uh, And I'm not sure I would say either of them are evil incarnate, but there's definitely, I do think both of them are people who start with some level of, I can make things better if I have power. Mm. And then that quest for power allows them to kind of convince themselves that anything is justified.
1: Yeah, I think that's a that's a good take. Um, yeah, I. Hmm, sorry, I'm stuck on Lady Macbeth and Palpatine because, like, oh yeah, I I I think like Palpatine and Anakin also kind of fed off each other a little bit too. Anakin wasn't as aware of it, to be fair. Um, huh.
2: I'm just out <laughs> for this discussion. <laughs> Thank you for coffee. writing in, Stephen. It's been too long for me.
1: Oh, geez. Yeah. I. I mean, I think it's cool. I always love a good Shakespeare comparison with modern media. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, the Lion King, uh, Hamlet is like my faves. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think I think you can draw some interesting parallels. I think it's also like a testament to just how like timeless Shakespeare actually is, right? Where mm-hmm. these stories are still good how many years later
0: yeah yeah but like, this
1: like quite this quest for power and absolute power corrupting absolutely
0: like in some level i feel <laughs> it's almost othello in like mm. to me anakin is more othello in that he is oh. the outsider who everyone kind of judges and no one really trusts to give him but he is this incredibly powerful figure who everyone needs and <clears throat> the if Palpatine's Iago, you know, in terms okay, of like yeah, yeah, kind yeah, of whispering yeah. in his ear and making him be worried about the woman he loves, in this case, it's not jealousy, it's fear for her protection. But sure. like Palpatine kind of like invents a lot of the things that Anakin is afraid of, um, or he yeah. plays upon those fears and magnifies them. So,
1: and I think like there is, there is like a weird this is in, in Clone Wars where Anakin's getting like super de- um, jealous of Padme. So I could see like the Padme does Desdemona link, mm-hmm. I guess if you yeah. wanted to make that. Yeah.
0: Matter, I'm just yeah, going to go
2: on a wild tangent and say that Anakin is Hamlet. No evidence <laughs> to back it <enough> up
0: whatsoever. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean he spends a lot of time trying to figure <laughs> out what he wants to do. Um I would say okay, I would say Luke is
1: Hamlet because then you have the like dad reference at least mm-hmm. if you're going to go taking stabs in the dark. But yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. I'm really curious to see what um the 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 your friend at the shakespeare company austin titchener austin
0: titchener yeah yeah all right we got one last one um from cindy fry cindy writes oh hey the dark side users are acting like dark side users exclamation point i love what you said about reva she gets this complicated motivation but she's still a badass to be feared please make sure mcu matt hears about this not so black and white after all smiley face Uh, i'll talk about that in a second Thanks for the great coverage, and thank you for calling out the toxicators. We need more of these voices to show the babies they don't speak for us. May the force be with you, Cindy. Uh, I love that both of those ended with the force be with you, so, and, yeah. and also with you, I'll say and in also, good, uh, yeah. well-trained, uh, uh, church-going fashion. And with um, your spirit. You read the MCU Matt, I believe, is a reference to Matthew Carroll, who is uh from the MCU cast. Uh he we refer to him as kind of panda isamo, granddaddy panda. He's the uh titular head of the whole stranded panda universe that this podcast is a part of. Um and yeah, he had been yeah, you know, we kind of—it's more of a teasing thing—but he's very much of, oh, I like Star Trek more than Star Wars because it's more ethically complex, and mm-hmm. Star Wars is often too black and white. Um, and he—he he in his into his defense has been talking that he really likes Kenobi, that he—he he watched Clone Wars and started to get a lot more of the complexity. Um, but yes, I—I—I do—I I am going to be curious to hear what Matt's thoughts are on uh, Riva, because uh, yeah, we're starting to get more of the like, you can be evil, but not all evil is the same, and not all good is the same, and stuff like that. So. But yeah, so that, that's the insider baseball reference. What do you all think of the email other than that?
1: Um, yeah, no, I, I agree with, like, dark side users acting like dark side users and how it's great. And yeah, I think we've talked a bunch about Reva, but I mean, I, yeah, especially in episode five. Episode four, I think it was still, like, gearing up, but ever since she got her little Grand Inquisitor badge, mm-hmm. yeah, just, like, pure gold afterwards. I love that she went to the um Anakin Skywalker Academy of Dramatic Entrances. And, like, had <laughs> yeah. the, like, the ship comes down, the stormtroopers part. And, like, she didn't mm. have a cape, but if she did, it would be billowing under her force powers. Yeah, just, like, just so good. And then, like, that all that coupled with, like, such a, a really tragic backstory, right? So, like, you've got sympathy for Reva, but she's still very evil, right? And, like, mm-hmm. I think Paul's description of her as an anti-villain is, like very apt. Um but yeah, oh I just I don't I love Reva. She's great. I will be very sad if she dies next episode. Um but not surprised, I guess. Yeah.
2: Yes. She kind of has to die now. I think.
1: I think so too. Yeah.
0: I I don't I think she has to I think she has to be taken off the board by the time the, the next set of movies start. But I think we've mm-hmm. got you know, ten years. I, I, I think honestly, she, her being the villain in the ne- the next uh, Fallen Order oh. video game is a strong possibility. I think mm-hmm. we're gonna get a lot more stuff there. You know, I think. Uh,
1: yeah. And Fallen Orders in this interim period, like slightly after Obi Wan, but still before New Hope.
0: Right. Right.
1: So that would make sense. Yeah. And like, just even like more inquisitors, right? Like we've, we've got ninth and um, second sister in fallen mm-hmm. order. So there's still like, there's still a lot of numbers <laughs> to, to, to go. Um, Definitely. Yeah. but so yeah, I, like, having her come back as an inquisitor, who's kind of just been like knocked down a peg, I think would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'll be, I will be sad if she dies, but I will not be surprised if she dies in the next yeah.
0: part. Yeah. I think it's fair. I, and I'm I'm just torn because a part of me is like, you know, Taiko Itd kind of made very clear that he said you know he's going to get his trio of movies and he's not going to give us more of the Skywalker saga. And I'm I'm thrilled about that. I yes. want more Rogue <laughs> Ones. I want, um, like I'm I'm excited for the for the Ahsoka show because it's happening in the kind of the the time we haven't really explored. I'm really excited for K- the the uh, Cassian Andor show because that's about mm-hmm. a time that we, and that's going to be again about characters mostly below the radar screen. I hope. I'm not really excited for more shows about this period, but Moses Ingram's a great actress and I wanna see more of her. So if she's gonna if she's gonna be in one of them, all the better.
1: I think I don't necessarily mind this period. I think it's when we're trying to um ham fist in these characters, I guess. Like I really liked Fallen Order. <laughs> I really liked watching somebody else play Fallen Order. Um because it it was about this unknown Jedi who we had like never heard anything about before. Mm-hmm. Meeting up with a few other folks we've also never heard of before going off on adventures in in the universe during this time period, and it like filled in a little bit of the details of like a little bit of order sixty six stuff, a little bit of like what the Jedi are up to in this like post purge period um but yeah, it wasn't giving us main characters and i I'm also like I'm just like I also been like loving everything taiko i t d's been touching in the in the past decade, mm-hmm. I guess, so I'm just super stoked. For these movies as well, and like yeah, like Rise of Skywalker was the end of the Skywalker saga. I'm excited to to start a new saga as well.
2: What yeah. if we got a Hondo onaka show that is just like kind of a sitcom? Like he like inherits some space station and he's running this space station. So it's kind of like Deep Space Nine, but a little wackier. Mm -hmm. and has nothing to do like there's no empire there's no jedi but it's just it's just hondo running the space station yeah
1: well he's uh, honda's got like the onaka trading company which is a perfectly legal trading company Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. that's like post rise of sky post rise of skywalker i think um yeah and but i mean if if we had like a what we do in the shadows type show of hondo onaka i would i would lose my dang mind um I,
0: i i would love that i think another way that that Another show that I've seen a lot of people propose that they want is a show that's just about Lando, where yeah. it's oh, yeah. Billy D. Williams as the, kind of like the Wonder Years. Billy D. Williams <laughs> is the narrator, yes. and then um, I want to call him Glover. Young Gambino. Is it Danny Glover? Uh, Donald Glover. Donald Glover, thank you. No. It is um, Danny
1: Glover. You're right. You're right. It's Danny Glover. Donald Glover is a different
0: actor. No. Ooh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Okay. Gosh. Y- young Gambino Glover um, is the like the, he's the one acting it with Billy Dee Dee Williams narrating it. Yeah. And I think if that happened, like Hassan, Hondo Anaka would be a great you know side character. But yeah, yeah, I also love that idea. Like a show that's mostly just about Hondo Anaka. And, and every now and then we get glimpses of this like very important piece of like the Jedi plot line emerging. But no one cares because we're just trying to make sure Hondo can get the next score. Like yeah. that would kind of be wonderful in its own way. You know? That'd be great. Yeah,
3: and he
2: so. is a character where you could have a very different tone because Star Wars. Most of the Star Wars stuff that we watch and talk about is pretty serious because it's mm-hmm. it's war, right? Yeah. But, but that is a way you could just have like almost a comedy show.
1: Yeah, and I think like they, um, Resistance. <laughs> Season one kind of tried to do this sitcommy situation, and it it didn't land. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, season two got better, but I think it got canceled before it could actually go okay. anywhere with it, which is sad. Um, but yeah, like Rebels has like a bit of a lighter tone, but yeah, I I think like we can we can have lighter toned
0: mm-hmm. Star
1: Wars stories. We got some of them in Visions that were like satisfying. Yeah,
0: we'll yeah. see. What well, especially because. Andor, as far as I can tell, is going to be incredibly dark. Oh which yeah, I'm really here for. Um, you know, I like the idea of like, I, I just love stories that talk about how even when you're fighting for the best causes, you have to get your hands dirty sometimes, and that that's, that's a hard fair. thing. And but yeah, if we're gonna get that, then maybe some 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 Hondo Anaka as the balance would be a yeah. uh, you know some so, like cheese
1: to, <laughs> to even everything out. Yeah, I I I think that's really important because I worry about like the DCU effect of like Mm -hmm. ooh, our dark and gritty batman movie was really compelling and interesting what if everything was the darkest and grittiest you've ever imagined and it's just like i don't need a dark gritty take on literally everything thank you very much but having these like like obi-wan i think is a good example of it's like it's very serious it doesn't have a lot of like comedic points whereas like rebels i mean there's like an episode where they're trying to find malu run and it's like going off the rails but also has like dealing with war dealing with the empire
0: i mean the mcu in, i think is yeah. doing this well the mcu mm-hmm. a lot of it is like and i love Grimdark. i'll defend Grimdark dark to the, to the death but now they're giving us a show about a teenage girl having a crush and having new powers and just being her community and it's colorful yes. and it's bright it's fun it's wonderful so
3: yeah yeah, yeah that's good All the
0: balance. Give us all the different things. All right. Well, thank you both so much. It's been great having you all as well. Thank you to all of our listeners for your feedback. It is a huge part of what makes this show worthwhile. I just love these conversations that we get to share with you all. Um, For either Sarah or Ricky, any of the last comments you wanted to make about this?
1: I know we didn't talk much about episode four. I'm sorry. (laughs) That's basically it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Darth Vader, Darth Vader, Darth Vader. Amazing.
0: Yep. Yep. And you know what? I... Okay, here's- the, oh, go ahead. I, Sorry,
1: I do have one last comment. If you- Okay. Wait, hold on. Maybe not. Did this happen? Did, like, Obi-Wan asks, how long do you need to fix this? And the dude says, three hours. And he says, you have one hour? Why ask? Just tell him you have one hour. <laughs> Okay, that's the
2: I, thought, I thought that was like a Star Trek reference. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> it seems very Star Trek, but like, yeah, I, why I did, did you even ask?
0: I did expect some level of like, I can't do miracles, Mister Kenobi. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'll just say, after all of my concern about it, all of my, com- all of my, you know, oh god, I'm not ready for it. I spent about three seconds thinking Hayden looked ridiculous in a teenager bad haircut, and then just enjoyed the scene because the scene was great, and I'm like, oh. cool. So if. In some ways, it's kind of a fake out to be like, Hayden's going to be the major star. And he gets like 10 minutes of flashback in one episode. But he was great in it. And I thought it was a really great way to learn more about both their characters. And it was fine. And they both looked way too old. And I didn't care.
1: Okay. I have, I have more things to say. Just kidding. Everybody needs my opinion all the time. Um, oh, please. I, yeah, I agree with the looking way too old. But I'll, like, I I like that they only lightly did the de-aging CGI thing. Like, I will take that any day over, like, CGI, Tarkin, Uncanny Valley terrors. you remember Tony
0: Stark at the beginning of Civil War?
1: Oh, gosh. Or even, like, Mark Hamill, right? Like, that was creepy. The technology's not there yet. I'm fine using my imagination and pretending that these guys are younger. But I, oh, gosh, I love that scene so much. And I think one of the reasons why episode five, like, brought this all back for me is one of my big concerns was the, like, when we left, I was the learner and now I'm the master, not making any sense anymore, but having uh, obi-wan tell Anakin that you know you, you you need to prove yourself too much and until you can until you can get over that you're always gonna be a Padawan I'm paraphrasing um like sealed the deal for me right because like Vader is so gosh dang dramatic he needs to like hold obi-wan over a lake of fire and have him burn and give him the same speech that obi-wan gave him and like make all these parallels. But on, on the Death Star, he's like, I'm the master now. I don't need to be fancy, slice you in half. Goodbye. Right? Like, And I think it's just like this perfect encapsulation of like,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, when,
1: when we last met, you're right. I was still a learner. I still needed to be dramatic. I'm the master now.
0: Goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. So good. I, th- I think plus. that works. I think, like I said, that was one of the things that, that bothered me. I've just sort of accepted it's 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 going to be wrong, and that's totally fine. But I do think that that version of it makes a lot more sense to me. I would totally be with that. There you go.
1: Hang your head, cannon on that.
0: There Sorry. you go. <laughs> it, it, is a, it is a beautiful lampshade you've put on there. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Riki, any last stuff from you?
2: I would like to add another entry to the Anakin Skywalker is so extra when he knights Riva as the Grand Inquisitor. Recall that scene. He tells her to kneel and then said calls her grand inquisitor and then the captain of his star destroyer walks who's been standing in the background walks up next to reva and places the grand inquisitor pin on her without any indication right so vader had to talk to the captain beforehand and say <laughs> when i call her grand inquisitor come up and put the pin on her come
0: on man what so is good. this
2: production
1: yes See, it's I, the anakin skywalker production and i'm here for it it's great i actually
0: thought it happened in a different way but they would both be just as extra which is just like he just tells the person here keep a hold of this and then in the moment just mind controls them and it's like all right go put it on now <laughs> you know like, or just like wait for my signal you'll know when you know yeah e- either way it was extra it was wonderful so i loved it so all right. Thank you all so much. Uh, to our listeners, as you can tell, we thrive on feedback. Uh, we love it. We love getting these discussions. You want to critique. You want to tell us what you love. Uh, tell us about the show, about our, fee- our 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 content itself. What are your theories for Episode 6? Uh, I'm hoping to get this edited pretty soon, and we will uh, be doing an episode on Episode 6. Um, within about 48 hours from now. So, um, you know, get us in your feedback. Uh, would would love to hear your thoughts, and we'll talk about it uh, both when I go live with Paul and Ashley on Wednesday night, uh, but then also when we come back to the final feedback with uh, Ricky and Sarah. Uh, over on Superhero Ethics, I'm about to be recording an episode on uh, Ms. Marvel, the first three episodes, with uh, Emily Cassell and Zuhair Lee, both of whom I know are huge fans of the show and have had very different perspectives and are really looking forward to having both of them on. All the stuff you can find, all the ways to contact us, all the other podcasts you'll find on uh, theethicalpanda.com. Facebook, Twitter, email, all the ways to find us. It's all right there. So on behalf of myself, Sarah, Riki, thank you all so much, and as fans, be excellent to each other. Wade!
1: (laughs) Poor Ned. uh, Ned, Ned be no!
2: I need Star Wars to stop having dramatic droid deaths.
1: Never. You can't watch the light go out from a human's eyes.